Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. On today's episode, I'm going to take a dive into the alternate jersey debate and kind of stake my claim on what that look could and should be. Uh, Also, talk a bit more about the 90s Bruins and a crazy revelation that Cam Neely was almost traded to the Montreal Canadiens instead of the Boston Bruins. And then there's a bunch of stuff going around the hockey world that we will touch on as well. Before I get to all that, let me remind you, and chances are you've already come to the podcast through your favorite podcast app, but it is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts is what I use on my Android phone. The best way to keep up with the podcast is to subscribe. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed, and you can download it, listen, enjoy at your leisure. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on social media, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find it at Locked On Boston Bruins. And if you want to follow me, I'm at ENC McLaren on both Twitter and Instagram. Before I get into the alternate jersey talk, I want to reiterate for those who may be listening to the podcast for the first time or haven't heard me talk about this, I came into my Bruins fandom as a young child around eight or nine years old in the late 80s. And so the Cam Neely, Ray Bork, Adam Oates, that era of the team is very near and dear to my heart. And I have a great affinity for the look they had back then for the, uh, for the team and really wish that that squad could have won a Stanley cup championship. Although they came up against some very dynastic teams in the Oilers and the Penguins. Um, But I saw this morning that according to Ken Campbell, who has seen a copy of a new book, by Serge Savard, it appears as though Cam Neely was almost dealt to the Montreal Canadiens instead of the Boston Bruins. Ken Campbell, this is in uh, the Hockey News, Sports Illustrated. He writes, Suspend your disbelief for a moment and imagine this. While struggling mightily as a third-year NHL player with the Vancouver Canucks and on the precipice of becoming a bust, Cam Neely is dealt not to the Boston Bruins, but to their hated rival, the Montreal Canadiens, during the 1985-86 season. Just think about that for a minute, and how so much would have been so different if that had happened. Mind blown, right? Now you have to know that this is actually not just some sort of fantasy. It came very, very close to happening, according to the man who was at the center of the trade talks. In his recently released authorized biography, Serge Savard, forever Canadian, the Habs legend detailed how he had a deal in 85-86 with the Canucks that would have had the future Hall of Famer in a Canadian's uniform in exchange for the very workmanlike and unspectacular Mike McPhee. Savard 
balked on the deal, and Neely was dealt to the Bruins that summer for Barry Pedersen in one of the most lopsided trades in NHL history. It turns out the McPhee trade probably would have worked out better for Vancouver, but would have been larceny nonetheless, according to Drake, uh, sorry, Ken Campbell. Savard said, I was scared to death because I was a young manager. I went to Vancouver and Tom Watt was a coach and he was my coach in Winnipeg, so I knew him very well. And Watt was in love with McPhee. Neely was a young player and he wasn't playing well. And I knew McPhee was a pretty good player who would give me character. Not a lot of goals, but I kept him because I didn't have the guts to make that trade. Unbelievable to think that just months before Cam Neely was traded to the Boston Bruins, he could have become a Montreal Canadian if Savard had not balked at trading Mike McPhee, who, let's be honest, I had never heard of until uh, reading this. Again, Cam Neely was, remains my all-time favorite Boston Bruin, the only Bruins jersey I've ever owned. Uh, I have two of them, actually, and um, he was a major reason why uh, I adopted a love for the Bruins that was passed on to me by my dad who, uh, you know, watched Bobby Orr play um, when he was in his, I guess my dad would have been, what, in his his late 20s, early 30s at that point. So anyways, yeah, if, if Neely hadn't been a Bruin, would I have still been as big of a fan? Probably. Uh, I would have fallen in love with Another player, Ray Bork, probably would have ended up being my favorite Bruin uh, all time, but Neely is it, and uh, it's just unreal to even consider him (laughs) playing for the Montreal Canadiens instead of the Boston Bruins. And that leads me into the question about the Bruins' alternate jersey or what a kind of vintage throwback jersey could look like. A lot of teams are... Releasing these kind of jerseys right now, the Dallas Stars released a new one yesterday that had like the black and neon green, not very vintage perhaps, but just a new look for the team. And a lot of people are clamoring for the return of the Pooh Bear look, which was the Bruins alternate logo from 1995-96 to 2006-2007. We did, of course, have the Pooh Bear jersey as a result which is gold-based, featuring the Pooh Bear logo with um, Bruins written on the shoulders and this really weird, jagged, black-and-white lining on the shoulders at the bottom and on the sleeves as well. A lot of people are clamoring for this. I personally am not a big Pooh Bear fan. I actually really liked the alternate jerseys that the Bruins wore this past season, the clean black look with uh, an old school B in the middle. I really liked that. Uh, If we are going to commemorate a certain time of history for this team, I would very much like them to go back to the primary logo that they had from 1949-50 to 1994-95, which was uh, the black circle, gold spokes with a black B in the middle. And the shoulder patch logo has, uh, that was first 
adopted in 1976, went through to the 1995, and that was what's affectionately known as the meth bear, which is a uh, yellow bear with some black and brown highlights with really sharp fangs and bottom teeth as well. Now, if you look at the definition of a Bruin, it's typically uh, a brown bear. Bruin is Dutch for brown, and it's an English folk term for brown bear. So really, uh, meth bear should be brown. I don't know why it's I mean, I guess I do know why it's yellow in color, because the Bruins are black and gold, so they kind of went with the gold base with the uh, brown and black accents, I guess. Um, But yeah, I would really love to see them bring that logo back. It would be cool to see a black jersey with that logo and the primary logo on the shoulders. I think that would be cool. A lot of people think that's maybe a bit boring. They should go for something more fun. Uh, but for me, meth bear it is. And I would really love to see them bring that look back. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Hit me up on Twitter at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Before we move on, let me talk for a moment about rock auto. Rock auto is a family owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers for about 20 years. You can find all the car parts that you would ever need in their unique and remarkably easy to navigate online catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's chat for a moment about Built Bar, shall we? Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and it's new and improved and even better tasting than before with six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. You can get some in nut or non-nut flavors, and they're all gluten-free, which is important to me as someone who uh, has celiac. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and again, they're just amazing tasting. But lest you believe it's an indulgent treat, let me remind you that they are perfect for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while enjoying this tasty bar. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. A few weeks ago, a big topic in Bruins land was the distinct possibility that the team could acquire Arizona Coyotes defenseman Oliver ekman Larson. Uh, the team apparently was looking to shed his contract or a big part of his contract. And it was revealed that he would be open to a trade, but only to either the uh, Boston Bruins or the Vancouver Canucks. Yesterday, he spoke out via uh, a Swedish hockey website. And he said that he in the end, was very happy to remain a Coyote. 
he had set this October 9th deadline for a trade and said that, um, you know, nearly being traded was very difficult for him. He'd never gone through such an experience. He never wanted to leave Arizona where he is, is under contract for seven more seasons. He said, I have a clause in my contract, a no trade, no move clause. At the same time, I did not want to stand in the way if the organization felt otherwise, meaning they wanted to move on. That's how I am as a person. It was more that if they wanted to remove me, I set up the two clubs as an alternative. But as I said, I wanted nothing better than to continue in Arizona. So it feels good that it turned out that way. Again, he would have waived his no move contract for Vancouver or Boston. Um, General manager Armstrong decided that the return for a trade of his biggest asset wasn't suitable enough for the Coyotes. And he now feels the two teams or the two sides can move forward. I guess in the end, it's nice that he saw Boston as, you know, a destination that he would want to go to if his career wasn't going to continue in Arizona. But ultimately, his great desire was to stay there and. Um, He got his wish as the Bruins weren't able to meet the Coyotes' trade demands, which I believe began with Jack Stanika, and that's, uh, you know, just just not going to happen. Now, since there isn't really much in the way of Bruins news today, let's just jump right into uh, other notes from around the NHL. And we have some target dates for when hockey might return on other levels. The American Hockey League announced it has moved its anticipated target date for the next season to February 5th, 2021, because of the ongoing COVID-19 public health crisis. The Ontario Hockey League is discussing a 40-game regular season schedule for this season beginning on February 4th. Both leagues are among the main developmental systems for the NHL, and it could be a signal as to when the NHL might be able to return to action. Still referring it to it as 2020-2021 season. It's obviously going to be just 2021 at this point, and however many games, um, what the playoff format would look like, whether there will be fans in the stands, uh, remains very much in question. But, you know, I think at first the NHL was targeting... January 1st, I think they're still maybe targeting that. The Winter Classic will not be happening, but uh, it looks like we could get hockey maybe late January, early February, uh, as I'm sure the NHL would like to be out front of that and be, you know, uh, the team, or sorry, the league with the most games and um, just maximizing the chance to bring in some revenue for for the owners for sure. Let me talk for a moment about Built Go. Built Go is an exciting new product from the makers of Built Bar, and it is a energy gel that brings a boost without the same crash feeling that comes with traditional or more popular energy drinks. It's natural, it's better for your body, comes with a third of the caffeine and gives better overall results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors like peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. And again, it's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results in terms of helping you get through that mental or physical wall that we all hit 
from time to time. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen proteins, which are fast absorbing, gets into your system fast and easy on the stomach. Loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Right now, if you go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. It is World Junior season and Canada has announced its 46-player list of EVINTs to the uh, selection camp. On that list is Quentin Byfield, Bowen Byram, Dylan Cozens, Jamie Drysdale, Connor McMichael, Dawson Mercer, all who helped lead Canada to a gold medal last year. Alex Lafreniere is not on the list. He's expected to, you know, be participating in New York Rangers training camp. I'm sure Byfield would be at King's training camp for sure. Um, Eventually, I would expect that the Rangers would allow him to play in that tournament. Um, And it's going to be a pretty loaded (laughs) team for Canada. I'm excited to see the U.S. uh, roster as well and who might be there in terms of Bruins prospects. We all know that the Bruins have not selected a... Canadian player in quite some time, so there's no Bruins prospects on Canada's team, but uh, there should be for the United States for sure. I wanted to also mention the fact that the Hockey Diversity Alliance released a statement following the um, news of the Arizona Coyotes drafting uh, this kid, Mitchell Miller, who was convicted of assaulting a black teen with disabilities four years ago. The Hawkeye Diversity Alliance said the Coyotes drafting of Mitchell Miller, who was convicted of bullying a developmentally disabled black classmate, and according to the victim's family, has not personally apologized, shows zero tolerance of racism can't be taken for granted in the NHL, and the NHL and the Coyotes should sign the HDA pledge and start practicing what they preach. Uh, The HDA pledge asked NHL to agree that we will not support, partner with, or accept support from any organization that has engaged in, promoted, or failed to appropriately respond to racist conduct in their organization of any kind, including, without limitation, the proliferation of hate speech, discrimination in the provision of goods, services, and facilities, and other areas such as employment. Coyotes CEO Xavier Gutierrez said the team's fundamental mission is to ensure a safe environment, whether in schools, community, hockey rinks, to be free of bullying and racism. When we first learned of Mitchell's story, it would have been easy for us to dismiss him. Many teams did. Good on them, I should add. Instead, we felt it was our responsibility to be part of the solution in a real way, not just saying and doing the right things ourselves, but ensuring that others are too. Given our priorities on diversity and inclusion, we believe that we are in the best position to guide Mitchell into becoming a leader for this cause and preventing bullying and racism now and in the future. As an organization, we have made our expectations very clear. We're willing to work with Mitchell and put in the time, effort, and energy, blah, blah, blah. None of that really matters until Mitchell at least reaches out to his victim and releases some sort of official apology to 
um, Myers Carruthers and his family. Uh, his mother, Joni, as I read yesterday, said there has been no outreach from Miller and he has shown zero remorse or a willingness to apologize or make amends for his behavior. So for the Coyotes, it's just about drafting a player that they see might be able to help their organization on the ice. And it's pretty gross that they were willing to give him a pass for this. Uh, zero tolerance is zero tolerance. And the fact that this kid hasn't even tried to make amends just makes it all the more uh, hard to stomach uh, in my estimation. Anyways, I think that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Uh, I don't believe there will be an episode tomorrow. Uh, and going forward, you can expect three episodes per week. Uh, so yeah, until the new season begins, that will be kind of the schedule, probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but that might um, that might change. So yeah, just subscribe to the podcast and each new episode will go right into your feed and you can download it uh, right away. Thank you so much for the support through the first few weeks of the off season. Uh, you know, hasn't been a lot to talk about apart from disappointments in terms of trades and free agency, but I really appreciate those who do listen and uh, I hope bigger things are ahead in the off season and as we approach a new season for sure. And of course, if anything does break major, uh, you can expect some reaction on the pod and you can also expect uh, reaction on the Twitter account at LO underscore Boston Bruins and at ENC McLaren. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all have a great uh, weekend. Please do take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And uh, yeah, catch you on the flip side.